0: What you think, you see, and you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Welcome to the Think Better, Live Better podcast, where your hosts, Mark and Angel Chernoff, New York Times best-selling authors and creators of the popular blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life. Today's episode is titled... 10 things to remember about toxic family members.
1: Family is supposed to be our safe haven. Sometimes, however, it's the place where we find the deepest heartache. You know, letting go or breaking up with a toxic friend, boyfriend, or girlfriend is one thing. And there's plenty of advice out there for doing so. But what about letting go of a toxic family member? Most of us are not in a position to just walk away, nor do we feel that we want to or that that's the right thing to do. So what can we do when a family member is literally spoiling our lives with their toxicity? How do we deal with our feelings of obligation, confusion, betrayal, and heartache? First and foremost, you must accept the fact that not everyone's family is healthy or available for them to lean on, to call on, or to go home to. Not every family tie is built on the premise of mutual respect, love, and support. Sometimes family simply means that you share a bloodline, and that's all. Some family members build us up, and some break us down. Second, you must understand that a toxic family member may be going through a difficult stage in their lives. They may be ill, chronically worried, or lacking what they need in terms of love and emotional support. Such people need to be listened to, supported, and cared for. Although, whatever cause of their troubles, you may still need to protect yourself from their toxic behavior at times. The key is keeping in mind that every case of dealing with a toxic family member is just a little different. But in any and every case, there are some universal principles we need to remember for our own sake.
0: Number one, they may not be an inherently bad person, but they're not the right person to be spending time with every single day. Not all toxic family relationships are agonizing and uncaring on purpose. Some of them involve people who care about you, people who have good intentions, but are toxic because their needs and way of existing in the world force you to compromise yourself and your happiness. And as hard as it is, we have to distance ourselves enough to give ourselves space to live. You simply can't ruin yourself on a daily basis for the sake of someone else. You have to make your well-being a priority. Whether that means spending less time with someone, loving a family member from a distance, letting go entirely, or temporarily removing yourself from a situation that feels painful. You have every right to leave and create some healthy space for yourself.
1: Number two, toxic people often hide cleverly behind passive aggression. Passive aggressive behavior takes many forms, but can generally be described as a nonverbal aggression that manifests in a negative behavior. Instead of openly expressing how they feel, someone makes subtle, annoying gestures directed at you. Instead of saying what's actually upsetting them, they find small, petty ways to take jabs at you until you pay attention and get upset. This is obviously a toxic relationship situation. It shows this person is set on not communicating openly and clearly with you. So what can you do? Keep in mind that most sane human beings will feel no reason to be passive-aggressive towards you if they feel safe expressing themselves. In other words, they won't feel a need to hide behind passive-aggression if they feel that they won't be judged or criticized for what they're thinking. So make it clear to your family members that you accept them for who they are and that they aren't necessarily responsible or obligated to your ideas and opinions, but that you'd love to have their support. If they care about you, they will likely give it or at least compromise in some way. And if they refuse to and continue their passive aggression, you may have no choice but to create some space, as we just discussed.
0: Number three. They will try to bully you into submission if you let them. We always hear about schoolyard bullies, but the biggest bullies are often toxic family members. And bullying is never okay. Period. There is no freedom on earth that gives someone the right to assault who you are as a person. Sadly, some people just won't be happy until they've pushed your ego to the ground and stomped on it. What you have to do is have the nerve to stand up for yourself. Don't give them leeway. Nobody has the power to make you feel small unless you give them that power. It takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies, but just as much to stand up to your family and friends. Sometimes bullying comes from the most unlikely places. Be cognizant of how the people closest to you treat you and look out for the subtle jabs they throw. When necessary, confront them. Whatever it takes to give yourself the opportunity to grow into who you really are.
1: Number four, pretending their toxic behavior is okay is not okay. If you're not careful, toxic family members can use their moody behavior to get preferential treatment because, well, it just seems easier to quiet them down than to listen to their grouchy rhetoric. Don't be fooled. Short-term ease equals long-term pain for you in a situation like this. Toxic people don't change if they are being rewarded for not changing. Decide this minute not to be influenced by their behavior. Stop tiptoeing around them or making special pardons for their continued belligerence. Constant drama and negativity is never worth putting up with on a daily basis. If someone in your family over the age of 21 can't be reasonable, reliable, and respectful on a regular basis and can't have a logical conversation with you about this situation, it's definitely time stand your ground
0: number five you do not have to neglect yourself just because they do practice self-care every day seriously if you're forced to live or work with a toxic person then make sure you get enough alone time to rest and recuperate having to play the role of a focused rational adult in the face of toxic moodiness can be exhausting and if you're not careful the toxicity can infect you Toxic family members can keep you up at night as you constantly question yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I really so terrible that they despise me so much? I can't believe she did that. I'm so hurt. Thoughts like these can keep you agonizing for weeks, months, or even years. Sometimes this is the goal of a toxic family member, to drive you mad and make you out to be the crazy one, because oftentimes they have no idea why they feel the way they do and they can't see beyond their own emotional needs. Hence, their relentless toxic communication and actions. And since you can't control what they do, it's important to take care of yourself so you can remain centered, feeling healthy and ready to live positively in the face of negativity when you must. Mindfulness, meditation, prayer, and regular exercise work wonders.
1: Number six, if their toxic behavior becomes physical, it's a legal matter that must be addressed. If you've survived the wrath of a physical abuser in your family and you tried to reconcile things, if you forgave and you struggled, and even if the expression of your grief had you succumbed to outbursts of toxic anger, if you spent years hanging on to the notions of trust and faith, even after you knew in your heart that those beautiful intangibles upon which love is built and sustained would never be returned, and especially if you stood up as the barrier between an abuser and someone else and took the brunt of the abuse in their place, you are a hero, but now it's time to be the hero of your future. Enough is enough. If someone is physically abusive, they are breaking the law and they need to deal with the consequences of their actions.
0: Number seven, although it's hard, you can't take their toxic behavior personally. It's them, not you. Know this. Toxic family members will likely try to imply that somehow you've done something wrong. And because the feeling guilty button is quite large on many of us, even the implication that we might have done something wrong can hurt our confidence and unsettle our resolve. Don't let this happen to you. Remember, there is a huge amount of freedom that comes to you when you take nothing personally. Most toxic people behave negatively not just to you, but to everyone they interact with. Even when the situation seems personal, even if you feel directly insulted, it usually has nothing to do with you. What they say and do and the opinions they have are based entirely on their own self-reflection.
1: Number eight, hating them for being toxic only brings more toxicity into your life. As Gandhi once said, an eye for an eye will only make the whole world blind. Regardless of how despicable a family member has acted, never let hate build up in your heart. Fighting hatred with hatred only hurts you more. When you decide to hate someone, you automatically begin digging two graves, one for your enemy and one for yourself. Hateful grudges are for those who insist that they are owed something. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is for those who are strong enough and smart enough to move forward with their lives. After all, the best revenge is to be unlike the person who hurt you. The best revenge is living well in a way that creates peace in your heart.
0: Number nine, people can change, and some toxic family relationships can be repaired in the long run. When trust is broken, which happens in nearly every family relationship at some point, it's essential to understand that it can be repaired, provided both people are willing to do the hard work of self-growth. In fact, it's at this time when it feels like the solid bedrock of your relationship has crumbled into dust, that you're being given an opportunity to shed the patterns and dynamics with each other that haven't been serving you. It's painful work and a painful time, and the impulse will be to walk away, especially if you believe that broken trust cannot be repaired. But if you understand that trust levels rise and fall over the course of a lifetime, you'll be more likely to find the strength to hang in hang on, and grow together. But it does take two. You can't do it alone.
1: Number 10. Sadly, sometimes all you can do is let go for good. You know, all details aside, this is your life. You may not be able to control all the things toxic family members do to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them in the long run. You can decide not to let their actions and opinions continuously invade your heart and mind. And above all, you can decide whom you walk beside into tomorrow and whom you leave behind today. In a perfect world, we would always be able to fix our relationships with toxic family members. But as you know, this world isn't perfect. Put in the effort and do what you can to keep things intact. But don't be afraid to let go and do what's right for you when you absolutely must.
0: This is a tough topic, right? I think um, we all can probably think of somebody in our life, in our immediate family, who is filled with drama, right? Who is the negative person, who is toxic. And so this topic um, hits home with many of us. And so these are great points on some things we can do to not get sucked in. Because, yeah, it's completely draining, right? Um, We have a couple people in our immediate family who, you know, I think of immediately. And so, you know, when you're surrounded by those people, and you know who they are. So, you know, first and foremost, reduce your time with them. You don't have to be around them constantly. Um, Another one is, you know, you can't change them. You know, you can't change their outlook on life, you know. So be a listening ear and, you know, provide positive insight when you can and let them be heard, you know, because I do think that so many people just want to be heard and they want to be seen and they want to be believed. So some people who are filled with drama, they're playing the victim card, right? They feel as though so many things have been done to them, not realizing that they may be the problem. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what's really been helpful for me is doing a loving-kindness meditation with this person in mind. Um, you know, a, loving, a loving-kindness meditation is a form of repeating phrases to yourself. And so you, I'll go over these phrases. So I'll use myself as the subject. So may I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be at peace and may I be at ease. And so you repeat that to yourself three times. And then have this person as the subject, the person that's causing you pain, that's causing you negativity, that's causing you stress, have that person as the subject and use them as the, the main subject when you're repeating these phrases to yourself. You know, may, and assume this person's name was, let's say, Bob, you know, may Bob be happy. May Bob be healthy. May Bob be at peace. May Bob be at ease. And that helps you look at this person from a different light. It helps you see them not as this negative, drama, drama-filled person, but as somebody that you're almost praying for, you're meditating for, you're trying to think of them uh, from a different perspective. You're trying to wish them health and happiness so they can move forward.
1: Yeah. I think a big part of it is getting your right using tools like that to get your mind wrapped around the negativity, the negative person, the the toxic family member. Um so that you are better equipped to to cope with them. And you know, it's hopefully you can help them. Hopefully you can be set a great example, but nothing that you do necessarily changes their toxic behavior. I mean, and, you know, we've said it before, you know, hurt people hurt people. So we do have to keep that in mind. You know, a lot of times this person who's acting a fool, who's being incredibly toxic, has incredible toxicity in their life, right? In their mind, in their heart, and they're suffering. Um, but yeah, you know, a loving-kindness meditation is a tool that you and I use. I'm in, it's been incredibly helpful in your own life. Um, I, I know Angel has has stepped through some pretty difficult situations leveraging that tool, not to change the other person, but to give herself the perspective for coping and managing her relationship with those people, right? Giving, giving herself the space to think things clearly so that when she enters the space with those people, um, she is her best self, right? She is able to um, manage a, an, an uncontrollable situation based on her, her ability to have put in the work ahead of time, right? Because everything takes practice. I mean, you know, I, in another episode, we mentioned these questions like, you know, is this true? How does this make me feel? I mean, all of this is about getting your mindset right right? Using a love and kindness meditation, asking yourself, you know, if you're constantly thinking this person is the worst person on earth and leveraging a question like, how do I feel when I think this thought? And who would I be without this thought? And what is the opposite? This this is a good person in front of me, not the worst person on earth. This is a good person in front of me. Can I look for some examples of, of moments where that was true? Again, doesn't change the person's behavior, doesn't justify the person's behavior. And yet, if done consistently can arm you with a level of presence and mindfulness that allows you to step into a space with that human being who has toxicity you know raging through them and it gives you the ability to manage it better and I think that's what makes all the difference you know I, I think this is what we need to keep in mind is we, we inherently want to change this other person we inherently want to fight fire with fire and the best the best offense and defense is really getting our mindset right about how we enter and exit those situations with 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 someone who's being truly toxic.
0: You're absolutely right because I'm guilty of interacting with these people and saying, oh, my gosh, they're going to be so draining. They're going to be filled with so much drama. They have nothing to offer me. I don't want to listen to any of their stories. And how do I feel when I go into – when I spend time with these people with those thoughts at the forefront of my mind, right? right. I'm not the best version of me if I'm going into the situation thinking, oh, my gosh, they're so draining. Why do I have well, to be here? Well, you're looking for it, yeah. right? I
1: mean, that's the thing. It's like if you have that kind of thought in your head, which is, which is human nature, right? If you've been or in the presence of somebody who's been very rude and toxic to you, the next time you see them, the first thing you're going to think of, that's a rude and toxic person. But if you enter the space with them with that thought at the forefront of your mind, you're going to be looking for it. I mean, regardless of how they're behaving in that moment, you're going to be like just waiting, like your fingers pointed at them, like, you know, in your subconscious mind, it's just like, it's right at them going, where is it? Where is it? I'm looking Mm -hmm. for it. I'm going to find it in them. Yeah, And you're going to be driving yourself mad in the process. And then of course, you're going to see what you're looking for because that's how life is. What we see, you know, or what we're looking for, we ultimately see. So again, practice is what makes perfect, right? That's a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, if we can spend time away from the person, getting our mindset right, when we're in the presence of the person and, and the source of toxicity, we are more mindful and more equipped to deal with it. And so we can use some inquiry tools, forcing some, some perspective on ourselves, like, you know, wh- you know, what is the opposite of the thought that I have about this person? And let me find at least some slivers of examples in this person's past where that has been true so I can at least arm myself with perspective. This isn't an entirely bad person. Um, love and kindness meditation, like truly and consistently wishing this person well and letting that perspective and like the thoughts that come to you as you're doing this change your reactions and responses to them when you're in their presence.
0: Yeah. I mean, again... A reminder, we can only control ourselves, right? We can control our thoughts. We can control our responses and our reaction. And we can control how much time we spend with them, um, when we choose to see them, what we choose to talk about, um, how we're filling our own bucket when we're away from them. So we need to be able to control what we can control and to let everything else go around that. Agreed. Remember, what you think, you see you ultimately become. Think better, live better.